0: You're listening to the Coaching Cast podcast with Susie and Lisa. We are super lucky to have this seventh season sponsored by our friend and YouTube's top breath coach, Mike Mayer from Take a Deep Breath. Mike is the first official sponsor of this podcast and specializes in reducing stress and anxiety through practical, fun, and science based breathing techniques. You can get started for free by clicking on the link in the show notes and downloading a free guided audio breathing exercise from Mike. Say goodbye to stress and hello to a more relaxed and chilled state of mind. And if you're interested in being a sponsor on this podcast, you can contact us by emailing hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk.
1: Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Susie and this is The Coaching Cast. We are the no-nonsense podcast chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's ever-changing workplace. We discuss different topics
0: each episode, sharing our ideas, hints and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too, because taking yourself too seriously is just boring. We really hope you enjoy listening. In today's episode, we're talking about workplace role models. Who are they? Why are they important? How can you become one? Or how can you get one for yourself? We discuss all of this alongside sharing our top tips. So stay with us and enjoy. So before we get into today's topic,
1: Suze, how have you been? Hello. Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Um, I'll tell you what, though. um, There's nothing quite like a dog being sick in the middle of the night on your new bedroom carpet to get you up alert and moving that's for sure so oh, we had an geez. incident last night where the dog threw up
0: oh god
1: um in the so he sleeps in his bed in our bedroom okay mm-hmm. um and yeah bless him he threw up in the night and i've got a brand new bedroom <laughs> carpet and you know when you just hear that noise of the yes. dog about to to vom. yes Um, i have a dog yeah i
0: have a dog and i am well aware of this they kind of do like a build-up don't they like a
1: oh oh yeah they like like, to give you a warning yeah they're like oh my god so it's like 2 a.m and i literally immediately just opened my eyes like instantly and i was like like, up out (laughs) like dog (laughs) downstairs so, um, yeah, nothing quite gets you moving as quickly, I think, as uh, that scenario right there. But anyway, yeah, he's fine, bless him. He's, but he's very sad this morning.
0: Oh, he's sad. a sensitive soul, Marley. So mm-hmm. I can imagine he's still recovering from the trauma and the shock of what occurred to him. Because I bless yeah. him, maybe he was asleep. but It woke him up. Yeah, <laughs> even, exactly. more, even more of a shock to the system. But, yeah, that moment when they're literally like, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm literally like, no! And me and Dom are like running around the house, pretty much picking up Alfie, our dog, and like getting ready to throw him <laughs> out. Cause we're literally like, no, and I don't know why thinking yelling at the thing, like poor dog, you're just like, no, stop, stop, don't do it. <laughs> we've got floorboards. So I know what you're saying about carpets, but we've got a set of floorboards in our kitchen that are literally, they have gaps between them that put the Grand Canyon to shame.
1: So oh, really when
0: the dog is sick and he seems to always want to throw up in the kitchen on those floorboards. I mean, you literally lose that stuff. It goes down the floorboard cracks and you're like oh, flipping it because trying to clean that up. It's a nightmare. So you end up like getting boiling water like so people are just throwing it on the floor and down the cracks. trying to wash it away. Oh it's gosh. the worst. Because otherwise, and we've had it before, this is a lovely start to this podcast for everyone listening this morning, Um, you know, it stays down there, it stinks, yeah, it's really oh. hard to get rid of, it's, <laughs> a, it's a nightmare, so, you know, fair enough, I wouldn't want it on my carpet in my bedroom, I think that's pretty bad, don't get me wrong, but, yeah, you know, down the floorboard cracks, is not mm. particularly great yeah, either. That's
1: worse, yeah.
0: <laughs> mm. Poor Marley, mm. so he's just no, resting
1: up today then. Yeah, so Amal is having a sick day. He's having a duvet he's day He's having a day. day. Doesn't he have a duvet <laughs> day every day? He That's, has a duvet
0: day every day. I swear day. he's always recovering from some he sort is. of anxious um, episode. Yeah, anxious A-om episode. A-om. Yeah, anxious anxious.
1: yeah, he has got really bad anxiety, actually. He's very um highly strung, is Amal's. <laughs> Um But yeah, he's having a, a chilled one. He's in the mood oh, at the moment, actually. Um, Hopefully not about to be sick on my sofa. No. We we could find out during the recording of this podcast. Well, so if I pop if I pop off in a second, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be back once I've found the the rubber gloves and the carpet spray. Bear with
0: me. Oh dear, poor <laughs> old Miles. Yeah, I mean, we normally we normally uh, are aware of Marley. He likes to make himself known when the postman turns up.
1: Yeah, I am actually doing Amazon delivery today. Oh. So-
0: so we might hear him then. Yeah. <laughs> well, it depends how he's feeling. He might not be up to
1: it today. Oh no, nothing will stop him from barking. Like at
0: the, at the postman.
1: At the postman, anyone walking past the house, a dog. Like, yeah, nothing will stop him in his tracks on that one, regardless of how he feels. <laughs> that will still always be there. <laughs> oh, bless me. So bless yeah, him. that was my morning so far. Lovely. Um, so onwards um, and upwards, I say. Yeah, um, I would like to hope so. <laughs> How are you? What have you been up to?
0: Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm very good. I uh, I woke up this morning and was cracking on with my day, and then suddenly had that moment of clarity where I realised what I had planned for the rest of the day. And obviously, I was looking forward to this podcast, but I realised I'd booked myself a massage. Oh, and so I am super excited about my massage later. Wow, what a treat! That for me is you know that is one of the most luxurious things I think you can do buy yourself a massage nice. I'm very oh. excited so that perked me up no end so that's is what's going to be getting me through today the thought of the fact that at the end of the day I'm treating myself to a massage
1: lovely lovely work, oh. work
0: through all those knots that are mostly generated from doing exactly this sitting in front mm-hmm. of my laptop
1: <laughs> yeah um I know it well
0: I'm bending over I'm worried that like with old age I'm becoming the hunchback of Notre Dame so I need to uh get that sorted out quickly
1: the I workplace didn't... hazards that we now this new generation of you know working people have to uh overcome oh totally posture. bad posture being one of them
0: oh good so actually my posture i think is actually really quite terrible one of my shoulders is higher than the other
1: yeah mine is mine's awful
0: i think it's my left this side my left side i think is higher it's, I find it disturbing. I didn't think it was that bad. I mean, I don't. no one's ever mentioned it to me, so I don't know if anyone's noticed, but I've noticed it. But yeah, my shoulders in, in particular are quite terrible. Um, and I was thinking, when you and I were both working for the same organisation and driving a hell of a lot, <laughs> like driving all over the bloody country, you especially, um, <laughs> I spent so many hours in the car, sat down, and then I'd go into the office, but actually it was very rare that I was ever stayed sat at my desk in the office. I was always up and about, like whether it be walking to other people's desks, to have a chat, going to meetings, but I was up and down all the time. I never really sat just looking at my laptop. And I used to think, oh, I, you know, that that wasn't particularly good for my back or my posture, because actually I found the driving a lot more Impactful on my my body, and at that, that, that time, I used to get a lot of pains in my hip area. um But like God, the whole like permanently remote working and always being on my laptop sat at
1: home is so much worse. So much worse. I know. Oh God, I need, so need much a walking worse. desk. My friend yeah. has got a walking pad under her desk. So she, um it's my friend Katie. So she um has her laptop all set up and she's on a on a call maybe we can do this for the next podcast or something and then we get like a she's got a walking pad so she's just walking on this like mini treadmill under a desk and she's walking and talking to people and she does like a million steps a day or something ridiculous like um oh, and that is a really interesting yeah and that means she's not sat down for like we are now and yeah. we, we will continue to do the rest of the day anyway walking pad cbb's look it up oh um, i'm gonna look I'm, it up I'm thinking about maybe getting one. Um, How interesting! And, and she does yeah. loads of steps, so it's good for like exercise as well. Yeah, ah. yeah. And you just uh, you know walking and talking, literally in your
0: office. Wow. Does she do that when she's actually on like video calls and meetings yeah. and stuff?
1: Yeah. And other people don't find that distracting. Well, it's bred like a um, an interest. So you now I think lots of people she talks to on a regular basis have got one as well. So they're all doing it.
0: Oh, I'm definitely going to have to look this up. This is good. This is, this I'll could send be what you a I, link.
1: Yeah, this could be what I need.
0: CBBS, if you're interested as well, we'll stick it in the comments. Show we'll, put it, we'll put it on Instagram. Hey, <laughs> and um, remember, that we're not getting any payback for this. It's not an advertising. There's no yeah, PR. So exactly. actually, depending on who you uh, share the link to, so maybe you can get in <laughs> touch with them. Some sponsorship. <laughs> cool. On that note some endorsements. then. endorsements, Right, on that yeah, note. Should we uh, get chatting about workplace role models? Let's go. workplace role models have you got one have you ever had one or are you one according to psychologist albert bandura's social learning theory people develop by observing others' behaviors and copying them so if you demonstrate skillful or positive traits attitudes behaviors people are likely to look up to you and also want to emulate them Role models inspire others to do and be better and often do it in a way which is humble and respectful to others. Anyone can be a role model and you can even be a role model for yourself, too. But more on that one later. So, Suze, have you ever had a work race role model? What did you like about
1: them and what did they do that meant you liked them? Mm, Yeah. So, yes, in answer, I have had... um two workplace role models when I was in the more like traditional workplace of working in an organization I also probably have some role models now now I have my own business but I'll come back to that in a second okay that's an interesting one actually (laughs) if
0: there's there was one or two in a more traditional workplace context yeah and actually you've got some now as an entrepreneur working for yourself cool I like this this is different
1: yeah so let's The workplace one. So I actually wrote a blog about this um, about six months ago um, about two people who I worked with quite early on in my, I'd say, my people or my leadership career. Yeah. Um, And they had been people managers and leaders of teams for quite a long time. They were really established in that remit of um, their work. And I absolutely loved working with them and for them in one instance. And the reason why I did that was because I think at that point in my career, I was just stepping my toe into leadership and the power of managing um, people in the sense of how you motivate them, how you you galvanize effort, how you energize them, et cetera. And these two people did this phenomenally well, but they were very different in the way that they approached it. They had very different strengths. And I got the opportunity to work with them both. And um, they absolutely were role models to me. They carried themselves um, brilliantly. I think the one thing they did was, because this was in in an organisational or corporate setting, was they both kind of showed me in quite a skillful way how to like navigate the workplace politics um you know we've done a whole episode on workplace politics it exists it's there <laughs> you know we can't get rid of it but they um I think I was starting to kind of realize that workplace politics and leadership kind of was quite tangled together and I was starting to get a bit more involved in certain conversations which I hadn't before and they at that time were just exactly what I needed to see and needed to be shown which was like how to navigate some of those situations how to respond to some of those types of conversations as well and also how to kind of like motivate get people energized wanted to deliver for you not because of you and they were really really good at that and it was kind of right place right time and yeah, I I really really enjoyed their company as well, and also they were just good, authentic people. And don't get me wrong, there were still challenges, but you know they were just they were really accountable. I think they were really authentic. They had great self awareness. They acted with integrity. They were very persistent. So they were they knew what they needed to achieve. But again, I just liked the way they went about doing that. It really resonated with me. I think around my own personal style as well, and uh yeah they were just now I'll reflect they were definitely what you would describe or define as role models Hmm. I'd also sometimes think like have I put them too much up on a pedestal like because I can do that sometimes and we talked about this in another episode like I can put people onto this kind of like (laughs) pedestal where it's like there's this light coming out of them they're just like "Ah!" (laughs) oh, you know like this angel kind of angelic figure um you know, and it has hindsight done that? No, I don't think it has, because I think if I was to meet them now, I think they would still be the same and they would still be doing some of that really, really good stuff. So yeah, they're my two kind of more traditional workplace role models. And that's what I liked about them.
0: Mm. Yeah, and I think the workplace role models that I've had have been, again, during my corporate career. And they've been those where they have demonstrated a style of leadership that I have wanted to emulate. they've demonstrated traits that I really like, and I can see an experience being led by them as being successful in that it's getting results. It's creating a culture that is enjoyable, that is productive, that is effective, that is a successful working culture that I want to be able to create for myself as a leader. So I think it's not always been that the way that they are aligned and the way they behave necessarily aligns completely to me and my style because one role model in particular that I'm thinking of, I absolutely loved working with him and I loved his style but he was much more he was much more assertive and directive than i was and that i felt i w- was comfortable being yeah like there's an element where i can adopt those um traits and i do but i could never be him in how i do it and i i didn't want to be him at all um i think that's always the key thing here when we're talking about role models and what we can learn from them and how we can adopt some of their styles. You're still yourself, but it's just that you recognize that the style of others, the approach they take, the techniques they're using could be useful to you as well. And you incorporate them into your style, but you make them your own.
1: So I think that,
0: I think that was always what I was mindful of. Like I couldn't be him, but I could learn from him and, yeah try on some of what he was doing
1: yeah I think I've always found like role models to be about inspiration yes yeah so it's about things that I think oh that's new or oh I like that I'm gonna kind of like steal that trait with pride so to yeah speak, yeah yeah and try it on for myself to your point and see how that fits with me and my personality and the way I approach things Mm. because I like that that either makes me feel good because they're doing it to me or that really like creates a result that is something that I need to create myself or whatever Mm. it might be and then try and emulate that but still within like you say within that realms of your own personality.
0: Yeah absolutely. So you mentioned that you had role models in you know from your time in your corporate career but that you also have role models for your current work situation as you know now that you're an entrepreneur that you've run your own business so what are the what are the differences between them
1: yeah it's a really good question I think um so so I've been with so I've had my own business for nearly three years now um not a massive amount of time but still like a decent amount and um my gosh, it is, as you all know, incredibly different to um working in an organizational setting. Mm. There are some similarities, don't get me wrong. The main difference I would say is that the highs are higher and the lows are lower,
0: in my yeah. experience. Um, yeah, I'd agree with that.
1: And that um, can be Monday to Tuesday. Yeah, that can of be of the same week. That can be from 9:30 a.m. to 10 a.m. Yeah. Um, so I think when I first um, started out running my own business and, and, and creating my own business, I met and still continue to meet lots and lots of people. I have probably met more people in this period of my working career than I did in my organisational setting. Yeah, And um, that's been amazing. And so I've come across some really interesting, fascinating um <clears throat> kind of inspiring people in all sorts of different ways and also I remember this one there's one person so there's there's probably three role models now which I think about they all bring different things I think in terms of what I want to emulate but there's three uh, in particular I'm kind of thinking of here um and there's one lady called Katie and she said to me you will have to unlearn Everything that you've been that you have learned through your corporate career at this point, and I remember at the when I started off on my business journey, and I remember thinking like, what? And she had a very successful business. She still does. She's got a um, you know, she's been an entrepreneur for a really really long time. She scaled it. She's just sold a business actually. Uh, so she kind of knows what she's talking about in this in this kind of area and she's she made like a flippant comment to me she was like you will have to unlearn everything that you've ever been taught and learn it again because the world of having your own business is is there's parallels but it's very extreme and it's quite it's very up and down it's a hell of a roller coaster and at the time I didn't really get what she meant by that but I think the more I've you know, had a business, I realized perhaps what she did mean by that, (laughs) which is basically like, you create the rules, you can be yourself, you, you know, you are, everything's down to you, good, which is good, and also not so good sometimes as well. And, and I think what I took in terms of like a role model and as a trait is because when she first met me, she said that I was like too reserved, I was a bit too corporate and that that's because i have been in that setting for quite a long time and actually I just needed to be a bit more myself mm-hmm. I just needed to kind of let it go a bit and I did and I have and that's really worked for me and I feel a lot more authentic now than perhaps when I was in that kind of organization of course you would because it's not to do with the organization but it's to do with the fact that yes you are having to conform a bit more because you're working for somebody else essentially mm-hmm. um and that piece of advice and the way she role modeled that herself and I saw that in certain settings I loved it because she was unapologetically her Mm. but not in a way where it would rile people people weren't sure about her or it was a bit too intense but in a really skillful warming way and my personality traits are that I am more naturally collaborative I am a bit more naturally um kind of mm, reserved I don't think I am reserved but probably a bit more like stand back before I stand in Mm. to say things and I saw certain traits that she was doing on those particular areas which resonated with my personality which I loved Mm. and I really emulated with me and that's why it was different to being in my role models in a corporate setting because actually those situations it was about how to kind of essentially play the game a little bit better because you had to I was getting into that world where I had to know how to do that a bit more skillfully in this instance it was actually about not playing the game it was about setting up the game for yourself and doing that in a way that was authentic to you so that's kind of how they were different does that make sense yeah yeah absolutely and I think it brings to
0: life really nicely the fact that we will have role models at different points in our lives for different things Exactly. And that exactly. a role model, essentially what we're talking about is someone who we admire in a positive way for the way they are and for the way they conduct themselves and what they do. And it's where we're attracted to them in some form and absorb and you know take on everything that they do because it actually inspires us, as you said, and motivates us to be even better too. I think that yeah. is the power of a role model. But as you've you know articulated it, it happens. You can find them in very different places at different times for different reasons and for different things. I mean, we're talking about the workplace, but you'll have role models for, you know, when you're in sport, when you exercise, there may be somebody you admire who you run with or do you know what i mean it's like it's it's on so many different levels and for different things so it's not always just one size fits all in that respect for sure no um,
1: absolutely not
0: <clears throat> so what, yeah. what do you think are some of the traits of a good workplace role model
1: i think i touched upon this um before when i was talking about um the the two role models i had um in the organizational setting so they were called those two were models. one was called emma one was called p and um some of the kind of traits that they they both had to different extents i'd say but that really kind of um resonated with me at the time were um accountability so i'll tell you a story so we were in a we were in a meeting once and that meeting was getting really really heated okay so it was they were both there there was some some quite punchy dis- challenging discussion going on and it was getting a little bit personal I'd say like the dynamics in that room and I will never ever forget it um at Emma's and the, a lot of that um direction and, and that challenge was going towards Emma's team members and also her as well and I'll never forget it Emma stood up like physically stood up and she was quite a small petite lady so she kind of like stood up and really like asserted herself in that moment um at the because we were all sat down and she turned to the the person who who was you know in fairness actually just being a bit of an idiot um and was like you do not speak to my team like that and you do not speak to me like that if you want to have a collaborative like discussion we will have that but i suggest you we all take a minute and we come reflect and then we come back to the table and carry on and in that moment I was like wow she is cool <laughs> like I <laughs> I really like Emma that's what she just did because what she did was she'd kind of taken some accountability in the sense of not letting the conversation carry on in this yeah. way yeah. yeah she'd acted with um respect for her team she'd also acted with some integrity around like i'm not going to allow you to carry on doing this but done it in a way where she didn't get angry she she didn't reciprocate it was very authentic it had a level of self-awareness about it and i think for me in that moment like there were some traits there which absolutely like the accountability the integrity the self-awareness the authenticity um which were like that is what I'm talking about. And those, I think, and I also think those are some of the traits of a good workplace role model is that mm-hmm. they've got a lot of those things there. The other thing I'd say is about optimism. And what I mean by that is, interestingly, we actually did an episode last week, didn't we, around toxic positivity? So we did. Not necessarily like positivity in the sense like, come on, everyone, you've got this, as we were talking about last week. Um, but actually about optimism and they both both peter and emma at points definitely demonstrated like really good optimism where it was like look this is a challenge i'm not going to say it's not but we've got all of these things in our toolkit to go away and do it we can we've done it before do you remember when we did it before this is what we did and everyone's like oh yeah i'd forgotten about that we have Mm. absolutely done it before um and again it was just really real it was really authentic we all know I'm a simple soul. <laughs> so it's really straightforward. Um, and it was just yeah, optimistic as well. And and I think for me, those six or seven traits there are in my experience what makes a really good workplace role model.
0: Mm. I think it sounds like it's when people stand up and do the right thing. Mm. Like they represent doing what's right and they show courage to do it. I, and I think they they forge the way and demonstrate to the rest of us how to do it and when to do it. Mm. Imagine Best. we all did oh, it, it. it,
1: like, in work, outside of work. Imagine how nice the world would be. Sorry, <laughs> I've just gone off on a tangent there. Imagine how nice the world would be. Mm.
0: Yeah, so, exactly. It's It takes, yeah, it takes courage to do it. So I often think of the best role models are those who do that and they do it knowing they are they're they're standing up when others may not feel able to so they represent but I I think it's interesting because do you think I mean I think role models are talked about in the sense of traits that are helpful that are motivating that are Positive. I'm trying to avoid that word for generalization, but I've said it. What about the, the opposite, though? You may not call them role models, clearly, in this context, because since, you know, role models suggest someone we all want to be. But yeah. I think you can have the, the opposite impact where there are individuals who are demonstrating. I mean, you could argue they're role modeling behavior, but it just may not be behavior you like.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, it goes back to the quote, doesn't it, at the start, you know, that about that social learning theory that people mm. develop by observing others' behaviours and copying them. Yeah. And that can be good, you know, behaviours. That can be not so good as yeah. well. A 100%. 100%. <laughs> and that's the more
0: dangerous side Yeah, because that's where I think leaders always have to be so aware that when they're in a position of authority and have great responsibility, the way that they behave is going to be emulated by other people because Mm. regardless of whether they see it in themselves or not, they are a role model for other people because instinctively a role model is someone of a more at times. I say stereotypically because I don't think a role model necessarily has to be senior to you. You can have a peer who's a role model for you. Um, And clearly in your example of being an entrepreneur, you've got role models who are other entrepreneurs, but it's not about levels because that doesn't exist in that dynamic. Yes, there are more experienced entrepreneurs, but it's not a level structure. Um, but I think that's where all leaders have to recognise that they are automatically a role model because of the position they have in, if, they, if they're if they particular senior. So what they do, how they do it, what they say is being watched all the time. It's being seen by everybody. And so you do have to really consider how you show up and why you show up like that. Like what is the impact you're trying to have? Because if, you know, you have so much influence on the culture that others are working in that you're leading, that, that culture, you have to consider, well, what do I want it to be like? And why do I want it to be like that? And how effective and productive is it going to be if it is like that? Because, So many organizations' cultures are toxic because of the toxic role models that head it up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, I think one of the if you're seeing some like behaviors around you from people and you're like, I don't like them, or I don't know why they're doing that. My first point of call would be, Well, are you doing some of those things? Like mm-hmm. is asking yourself, like, you might not be, but in my experience, a lot of the time, those behaviours come because they've seen somebody in a senior position or in a hierarchy, perhaps acting or behaving in that certain way. And then mm. they emulate it because that's what they think they have to do in order to be successful or or progress or whatever it is or have mm. performance. So the first starting point, I think, is actually asking yourself if you've got that level of self-awareness, <laughs> mm. Mm. you know, are you demonstrating some of those things because sometimes the answer to that is quite interesting Mm -hmm. I think
0: it is challenging because I mean we've been talking about role models we've had so those we've seen as role models but actually what we haven't talked about yet is yourself being a role model yeah and I know at times when I felt at my most unhappy in organizations it's where the behavior that is being modeled around me is not behavior that I align to. Um, Yeah. And that's given me a sense of not belonging or fitting in because I'm not going to conform to that because it's not natural to me. It's not how I think it's not who I am. I don't feel like it's the right thing to do. And actually some of my most frustrating moments is where I've been led by senior individuals either directly or i've had you know the head of my business behaving in a way that i just can't i can't tolerate um and that i find extremely difficult and therefore very frustrating because i think oh god you know i just don't i don't buy into that whatsoever and i don't like it and i don't think that's a good idea And you know when you're sitting there and you're literally just like why have they said that or why are they doing that and it's it is so challenging when you're literally when you can see what someone's doing and you can see the impact it's having and they don't seem to able to see it at all and (laughs) that total lack of self-awareness which is too common I think in really senior leaders (laughs) um and as I said is incredibly infuriating but I think you know any of us can be role models we, we are role mo- we are role models now
1: yeah like it's, it's not about not, status
0: or level no or position you can be a role model to all of those people around you whether you manage or not i think it's really even more important when you lead people to acknowledge that you are a role model and to consider well what does that mean to me and what
1: do i want to model exactly but- and create your own reality for yourself yeah. through modeling what you want to be and what you really you know um link with in terms of either your personal values or you know where you're trying to get to or whatever it is Mm -hmm. like you have that power within yourself there's nothing there that will stop you doing that you can absolutely do that yourself absolutely not
0: so on that
1: point then what are
0: would you say um you know what what is potentially I don't know how best to position this question that I've started um how do you think you can be let's try that instead how do you think you can be a good role model in the workplace for others as well as yourself
1: yeah so I think for others um being a good work uh, being a good role model for others I think really thinking about taking the time to kind of understand have patience be respectful I think working collaboratively might be a way of summarizing those things that I've just said <laughs> but actually you know most of the time there are many downfalls to wanting to be collaborative in my experience hmm. and a lot of people are always looking for that so they're either like looking for having that opportunity to work collaboratively, to be valued, to have um make a contribution. Um and I think if you can create those opportunities or create that setting to allow people to work collaboratively and, and collaboratively can't speak and also for yourself to be able to do that as well. I don't think you can go far wrong as a starting point for being a role model for other people. I think people really resonate with that and really welcome a lot of that in my experience. Um, the other thing I would say is about kind of being optimistic, I think. And firstly, going and listening to our episode last week on toxic. To- Poxit- I can't even speak today, <laughs> Toxic, positivity, toxic, 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 <laughs> yeah, I like that, that's a new word, poxy, isn't that like, I don't even know if that's an actual word, poxy, um, because this actually does play into this, so thinking, going to listen to that episode on toxic positivity, um, because, you know, we've touched a little bit upon it today, but there is a difference between positivity and optimism, mm. and I think, for for me you know it's really easy to like be negative and beat ourselves up a lot and take the kind of challenging stance with others and look at what people haven't done versus what they have done or what or where they haven't tried versus where they've tried and actually that's really easy and that's like a default that doesn't take much effort but actually if we just spend a little bit more time being more mindful about creating optimism for ourselves and also from others through acknowledgement through just spending some time reflecting and acknowledging what those things are we've come up around for ourselves around actually you know that was really good what happened today or that didn't work but it's not happened yet for myself that's a great example of uh, building optimism for ourselves so I think just trying to think about how you can kind of c- cultivate that environment of optimism for yourself um, will put you in good stead to being a role model as well. Because everybody needs optimism. Everybody needs a little cheerleader. Everybody needs a little bit of positivity now and again. And again, I don't think there's any downside to that unless you take it too far. And that's when you need to listen to our episode on toxic positivity. <laughs> um- <laughs> so, yeah, yeah.
0: So- Okay. Yeah, because I I think when it comes to if you would like, if you are considering, well, I think this is applicable for both. I think if you're considering how you can be a role model more successfully, I think you have to consider what you want to be known for. Yeah. And and what is the role you want to be modelling and for others to recognise so that actually they see you in that way. So I think you have to consider that. I think you then have to really then build it into a habit to embody it and that can involve literally starting to act that way now and more overtly bringing out those elements of you in a much more intentional way i think also if you're unsure well what could that look like i think that's when it's about well who do you know who you see as a role model in those areas, who you think do it really well, you know, what do they do? How do they, how do you think they do it? And can you start acting as if, as the technique goes, acting as if that's you, but in a way, like we've already mentioned, which incorporates it within your own style. So it's still very much you. You're not pretending to be something you're not. This is about recognising a way of working a behavior a style that you like and that you think is aligned to who you are as a person and just dialing it up
1: yeah absolutely um
0: and just seeing what comes of it now that could be being more optimistic that could be more being more collaborative um but I think it could also be many other things but I think you know if that's if, if you want to be a role model I think that's a a way to start and I think also as well just finding yourself a role model I think sometimes when I've really struggled in work that's what's helped to get me through is having a role model someone who actually is more than a role model in many ways I've kind of identified a role model and then sought to build a relationship with them so I've got someone who I admire and who's way of behaving creates a a space around them that I want to be in um and have sought them out therefore then to spend time with them to then become my cheerleader and have worked with them as a mentor because I think we haven't talked about mentoring yet but I do think often a role model can be someone potentially who can also be a mentor to you if you evolve the relationship in that way um And I know that's really supported and helped me because you're that way you're surrounding yourself with people who you actually feel good around and who can support you and lift you up and who you can learn from in a good way, Um, which can definitely be beneficial getting through the tough times, I think.
1: Absolutely. So
0: we will summarize all of what we just spoke about into our top tips for this episode and we will share them at the very end.
1: It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Our Bullshit Bingo for today's episode came from another one of our Insta followers, so thank CBB for uh, sending us this one, and it is, can we align? So, this is more of a bullshit phrase than a bingo, but... Can we align? What do you think of this one, Lisa?
0: I normally, I feel like this one normally gets said when uh, clearly we're not aligning. <laughs> and there's a tone of frustration. It's a weird one, isn't it? Can we align? I mean, there's fundamentally nothing wrong with it. I mean, it does make sense. But it's just, I think the context of whenever I've heard it is normally with some kind of irritation, frustration. No one is aligning. <laughs> I mean, this is
1: like getting on the same page, isn't it? Have we had yeah, that? Have we had the same page? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. This is very similar to that one. Um, it, I think it's got potential to be really bullshitty, but I think what you say is right, isn't in the sense that I think it's down to the context it's used in. And the tone. I, st-
0: <laughs> I mean, I tend to talk about alignment as a way of acknowledging and being able to work together when potentially there's a difference of opinion and not everyone is in agreement, but in order to move forward and actually continue to make progress and not just stand still or get stuck, you align. So there's an element of like, okay, we'll all come together. We'll take this path, if you like. But let's just be clear, we're not all in agreement, but we're doing it. And it's like, I don't know why. I think that's the way I think of it in the way that I do. Because <laughs> aligning and agreeing are not the same thing. No, exactly. So we used to that's have fair. it actually as a, we used to actually have it as a way of working. When I was in, um, when I was part of a senior management team many years ago, a very effective management team, I might add, uh, one of the best I've ever worked in, we used to have management away days to assess progress plan ahead you know we took time out away from the office just to do some thinking and come together and just see well where are we at and we used to have a rule that was we would agree to align where necessary if it enabled us to move forwards if we got stuck ah okay the, the rule was we will align not necessarily agree and that's okay and I have to admit, it was really effective. It like, really effective because we were a very passionate group of managers. We didn't always agree on things. We did come from different perspectives, but it was a good. That was a good thing, I might add. Yeah. And a way to keep us productive and still collaborative was this rule around will align, not agree. It was really good. It was so effective. I've I've used it loads of times ever since, and I've talked about it with my clients as well if they find found themselves in frustrating situations in their leadership positions and they've got a real clash of, you know, for whatever reasons, whether it's a clash of character and personality or, or they've got a conflict with goals that are being set or whatever, I've offered this as a, a try and align if you can, if that's possible, if, well, if
1: agreeing is too much. Guys, you've got yourself a bonus top tip there (laughs) yeah so it was it was worth listening through to the end because you've got yourself a top tip and an additional one to the ones we're about to share on workplace role modeling so fantastic (laughs) (laughs) so if you've got a bullshit bingo if you hear one in situ in motion we need you to write it down capture it and send it to us (laughs) because we need to hear your bullshit bingos so you can get in contact with us three ways you can dm them to us on instagram at the coaching cast you can email us at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk or you can get in contact with us through our website thecoachingcast.co.uk and we need to hear them so keep them coming people keep them coming please
0: (laughs) We are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been discussing workplace role models. Our tips and recommendations from today's episode are, number one, consider the positive traits of role models, such as optimism and collaboration. What other positive traits do you think there are? Number two, consider what you want to be known for and how others see you. So really start thinking about if you want to be a role model or if you're in a position where you are naturally a role model because you're in a management or senior position, start thinking about how others see you and how you can actually model the behaviors that you want to. Number three, learn from others who do these things well, who that you could learn from and potentially consider whether they could be a mentor to you. To help with your own role modeling uh, behaviors but also therefore your development and lastly act as if so start trying some of these traits on facades see what you think of them and just remember to incorporate them into your style so they still very much remain you and you advocate you yourself rather than trying to be something you're not As well as our top tips, we've got some self-coaching questions to support you with embedding the learnings from today's topic. Number one is, who is your workplace role model? And if you don't think you've got one yet, think about who could be one for you. Number two, what do they do that you admire and could replicate? Number three, when could you act as if? What positive behaviours could you engage with? And number four, thinking through these questions and your answers, what could you now do differently? Don't worry if you can't remember these. All of our tips and recommendations, as well as our self-coaching questions, will be on our Instagram page at The Coaching Cast this week.
1: We hope you've enjoyed today's episode and have some new ideas to take away and give a try for yourself. If you have any questions, thoughts, or feedback, we love hearing from you. And you can contact us in three ways, if you haven't got it already. On email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. On Instagram, surprisingly, at The Coaching cast. And also, you can contact us through our website, thecoachingcast.co.uk. Your
0: support means more than you know. So if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us to grow this podcast and join our CBB community more critically, then please leave us a review on the Apple podcast app. You have no idea how important these are and how much (laughs) they help people to find us. Also hit subscribe wherever you listen and give us a follow on Instagram at the coaching cast, where we post regular tips and behind the scenes hilarity. Don't forget. Last but by no means least, you can also watch these episodes and our lovely faces on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast.
1: Finally, we both love music, use it and use it to motivate and energise us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice this week and I have chosen Trustful by Pink great tune love it if and you need a great a role effort, model i would say and a fantastic great role model. role model exactly i really love it when these things come winners. together fantastic, fantastic stuff <laughs> thank you so much for listening and remember cbb's you've got this